we are going through a, a series for the whole year on health matters and last week we looked at the beginning of Solomon's kingship, his calling, his coming into his, his purpose in life and his initiation as king and his, his beginning as king and how we saw healthy decisions that he made, he made healthy alliances to help him in the purposes he had a healthy attitude and imperfect conditions to continue to be a God follower, God worshiper. And also, when God asked some questions, he answered in a healthy manner, which brought honor and glory to God and also good for Solomon. He started off really well in good spiritual health. We've looked early in the year in physical health and emotional health and other areas of health, but we've been focusing for a little while now in spiritual health, and Solomon started off in good spiritual health. Today we're going to look at the end of his reign as king. Forty years he ruled Israel, and we're going to read what happened at the end from First Kings, which is actually a reading, chapter 11, this Wednesday. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. He married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshipping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Sad end here in Solomon's life. Spiritually healthy to start with, but then he finished unwell in spiritual health terms. I'm sure we've all heard the expression, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But there's lessons we can learn even here from Solomon. 
at the end. I remember when I was training as a minister and I actually did a, an essay or, or from a module on Old Testament history. Basically, the question, Solomon, good king or bad king? Now, you need to understand a lot of the essays and that I did when I was training were kind of problematic or I got into a little bit of issue with those marking. Remember there was one which I thought was quite reasonable. It was said, part of what we believed as a fundamental truth in those days was expressed as we believe in the virgin birth, sinless life, miraculous ministry, substitutionary atoning, death, bodily resurrection, triumphant ascension, abiding intercession, and premillennial return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had to do it between five and seven hundred words, and I remember writing and saying, I can't do this on the allotted amount of words. They're too short an amount. And they basically wrote back to him and says, try. There was also another one I'd done where it was 20 of the most significant events in the history of the church from the day of Pentecost until that present day. Now, this one was one where I was trying to fit in the words. This was like about 2,000 words I had to do for this one. And I was simply trying to make up words. So one of what of my significant events was the conversion of Saul on the Damascus Road. But what I actually wrote was the conversion of Saul on the Damascus Road was probably one of the most significant events in the history of the church. Now, I don't want to tell you exactly everything that the marker said, but you can be sure that the word probably didn't really need to be part of the answer. All I was doing was trying to put an extra word in there in order to get up to my 2,000 words. But the marker made it clear in no uncertain terms why probably was not needed and how important that was. However, when it came to this one about Solomon, they had the question, good king or bad king? The marker at the end basically said, well, was he a good king or a bad king? i.e. you haven't answered the question here in your 2,000 words that you've written, Jim. Anyway, the reality is I thought I concluded that Solomon had to be marked if he's going to be good or bad under bad because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So what happened to Solomon who started so well? It says Solomon loved many foreign women. In the context, those who do not follow God, those who do not follow Jesus. Now, God's purpose has always been with one man and one woman, but somehow in the Old Testament read of people with the church and those who follow God adapting to the culture of the day. And this is what Solomon did here. He began to have relationships and married foreign women in the sense that they were not Israelites. They did not love God. And in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. If you've been doing our recent live group series, 
what you could say is that he allowed the enemy a seat at his table. He looked and he saw Solomon's weakness and he allowed the enemy a seat at his table. And the relatives, having made good alliances, purposeful alliances at the beginning of his rule, in his reign, in his kingship, something happened. And the reality is it didn't happen overnight, but bit by bit, the bad connections that he began to make and associate with began to change Solomon, began to make a difference in him. He did not overnight become the person he ended up being, but bit by bit, because of the connections he made, gradually he changed. That's why Paul writes in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't team up or be yoked with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Because it's easier to pull down than it is to pull up. God had said, you must not marry them because they will turn your heart to their gods. Now we all need to be careful who we connect to, who we listen to, who we let get our ear and begin to persuade us and change us. Solomon started well and he made a good alliance to start with, but then he made connections which were harmful to his spiritual health. And those connections led to compromise. Solomon, we read, refused to follow the Lord completely. He did not listen to the Lord's command. Our problems start when we listen to wrong voices. All our problems started in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve listened to wrong, a wrong voice. The way to stay spiritually healthy is to continue to live close to hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. But when we make bad connections, it leads us to compromise. See, it wasn't that Solomon wasn't following the Lord the way he was, but it also wasn't that he'd fallen away completely. He just wasn't following the Lord completely the way that he used to. Compromise means the expedient acceptance of standards that are lower than is desirable. Compromise is an agreement in which an argument, or sorry, an argument in which people involved reduce their demands or change their opinion in order to agree. Or it's to adjust or settle by mutual concession, i.e. compromise is settling for less than what you are and what you want. In the same way, God has made us to be uncompromising in our love and are putting him first. Solomon began by honoring God and putting him first, but gradually he allowed people to come in to take away that standard. And we need to hear and listen and do what God's asks us to do. What had changed in the 40 years? Read about it in verse 9. His heart had turned away from the Lord. How do you continue to live in good spiritual health? 
by guarding and protecting your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It's so easy to cause some damage to come into our heart. Some versions say, Keep your heart with all vigilance. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Diligence is a great word. I remember in primary school, I got a certificate for diligence. I got an award and I was so chuffed with myself. I was telling everyone about this certificate for diligence and how clever, how intelligent I was because I get this this certificate for diligence. I obviously didn't know what diligence meant, but just getting a school certificate presented to me, I thought it made me the cleverest person in my class. However, diligence means the quality of working carefully with a lot of effort, or study, earnest, and energetic effort, devoted and painstaking work, and application to accomplish an undertaking, i.e., Jim, you're not that clever, but you've worked really hard this year in school, so we're going to give you a certificate to reward your working hard. But the reality is, to guard our heart with all diligence means it's hard work, means it's something you have to give careful attention to. You have to be studious, you have to be committed to guarding your heart. Solomon was not. And what is particularly concerning is that outwardly, it could look as if Solomon was doing okay. It could look as if Solomon was following the Lord in many ways. From 1 Kings chapter 3, where he began, up to 1 Kings chapter 10, just before where we read, we read these things. He judges wisely. His prosperity and wisdom is lauded and praised. He builds the magnificent temple for the glory of God. He builds a beautiful palace. He brings the ark, the presence of God, symbolic to the temple. He, Solomon praises the Lord. Solomon prayed a great prayer of dedication. He was blessed by God. Chapter 9 lists his many achievements. The Queen of Sheba visits because of the fame and the social media hype around Solomon. And when she sees the wealth and splendor of Solomon, she's amazed. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food in his tables, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. Really, Solomon had the wow factor with people but he had the woe factor with God. People could look and say, wow, Solomon, what we see is incredible. You're amazing. But God thought, Solomon, what I see is a heart which has changed, which is not following after me. His heart had gradually turned away from God. And as we focus on spiritual well-being, we need to constantly examine our heart. You know, you could have looked at Solomon and you could have looked asymptomatic 
as far as a heart condition was concerned, he might have seen okay, but he didn't have the symptoms. He didn't show them in many ways to those looking on. But God can read our hearts and see the change that takes place. And our spiritual well-being is determined what's going inside us, not what we portray outside of us. Jesus spoke about people in Matthew 15 and 8. and says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's not how we look in the outside that determines our spiritual health. It's what we are on the inside. How's your heart today? Solomon's went on a spiritual decline. His connections led to compromise, which led to consequences in his world. He started well, but then he deteriorated. Unlike his father, who knew even when he fell, it was a heart that needed to put right. David fell, his father fell big time, but said, create my clean heart. It's my heart that needs adjusted. Contrast with Solomon. Solomon started well, but finished badly. God gave him promises based on him continually walking with God. What is sad when we look at Solomon's life and example, right at the start, as we mentioned last week, God says to him, because you have done well, I will bless and honor you. But when we come to the end of his life, what we see is almost the opposite. God says to him, since you, or because you have disobeyed, I will give your kingdom to your servant instead of your son. It started off with Solomon, because you have asked well, because your heart is for me and to honor me, I will bless you and give you more than you asked for. At the end of his life, because you have not followed me and honored me, because your heart has changed toward me, I will pass your blessing onto someone else. You, Solomon, have taken yourself out of blessing. And not only that, your sons, your family are going to miss out because of you. That's quite fearful. Contrast with David, your father. He followed me. He kept his heart as best he could, and when he fell, he got his heart clean. He didn't go on a gradual destruction away from me. He kept with all his heart trying to honor me, Solomon. And I've kept a promise to David, and I'm still going to keep that promise to David because he kept in spiritual health with me. For us today, whatever age we are at, maybe you're not an age where you're finishing, but the truth of the matter is spiritual health is something which is ongoing for us. And the real main point today I'm saying is this, we've all started, we've all started with a journey of faith. Some of us are closer to finishing than others, but none of us know the day. But in order to finish well, 
We need within that space between starting and finish to guard and protect our heart, to keep ourselves right by watching who we're connecting to, which voices are turning us away from God, which places or attitudes of people in our world that are harming us and watching our hearts deteriorate and fall away from God and putting a stop to them and saying, no, this is affecting me in my spiritual walk and I want to finish well whenever my day comes. I want to finish like David finished. I want to finish like Abraham, who has been fruitful way past his best before date. I want to finish like Elijah, who was caught up in a chariot of fire. I want to finish like Enoch, who walked with God. I want to keep myself right so that my spiritual health as I finish well. Because David finishing well blessed his son. But Solomon not finishing well harmed his son. Every one of us have a responsibility not to ourselves, but what comes after. I recognize that in my walk and in my time, I stand on the shoulders of giants who have gone before. But I want every one of us to have an attitude that whoever's coming after me stands an even higher shoulders than mine. But in order to do that, and in order for us to continue well, we need to learn from Solomon. He started great, but bit by bit by bit, his heart began to change. Today, let's make a determination that we are not going to be like Solomon at the end. We're going to be a Solomon at the beginning and stay Solomon beginning right to our end so that God can continuously say to us, because you have asked well, lived well, loved me well, I'm going to bless you. Where are you today? The great news about our God is that when our hearts are not in good health, he can do some great heart work to change and turn us around. He can do something in our hearts as we come before him which causes our hearts to come back to God. I know I'm speaking to people today and you're a bit like Solomon's there and you've started and you've walked with God, but you're not where you should have been or where you could have been and you've allowed your heart to change through things, through people. But today, you can begin a journey back to God. And you can cause yourself to come back into that place where God's hand and blessing is on you and generations coming after you. But for all of us, let's take a moment. As Sean just comes and plays something, and let's just come before God and say, God, I don't want to be a Solomon who starts well and then gradually, bit by bit, finishes badly. I want to keep going strong. I want to keep following you. I want to continue to be in spiritual health all through my life. And today I just come in and examine my heart and I make a decision that those connections which have just gradually pulled me away from where I should be, 
will go. And I'm coming back to follow you completely in my life. Father, I pray for everyone here who you're just speaking to right now. And I pray, Father God, that we'll all become not Solomons at the end, but those like David who followed you and blessed him and his generation to come. Lord, no matter what age we're at, we want to continue to go and walk well with you. We want to keep in spiritual health with you. Help us to continuously guard and protect our heart with all diligence so that we can be people for the heart after God. And for those who have not been where they should be, thank you, Lord, for your restoration. Thank you, Lord, that you can bring us back to a place of walking again with you. Help us to be those type of people. In Jesus' name, amen.